Welcome to the Pro Football Network Betting Podcast. I'm your host and Chief Content Officer David Behrman, joined as always with Director of Betting Brian Lewis. And our special guest this week is none other than ESPN Bets, Anita Marks, a very, very close friend of mine and the gatekeeper of all things fantasy and betting at ESPN. Anita, I gave you the title because you gave it to me. Welcome to the show. Yeah, I don't know. Listen, the the title was more fitting for you when you were employed here at ESPN. I think the 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 uh, gatekeeper for me, mm, bench warmer. Uh, whenever, of course, uh, they need some fill in work up there in Bristol, but um, but it's all good. It's good. To, it's it's good to be back with you, David. Thank good. you. It's good to see you and coming full circle because you had me on podcast when you were doing golf on Pro Football Network, which is how I got to know Pro Football Network and Matt Kanata, the CEO. And then when he was looking for somebody to hire, he came to me after remembering that I was on with you. So coming full circle, now we're doing a Pro Football Network betting podcast. It's good to, I can see you, the audience can't, but it's good to see you again on camera. Um, Love your work on ESPN. Obviously, Anita and I worked very closely together for the last five years. And I just have to make sure I call you Anita and not Anina, which is what my six-year-old daughter calls me every time she sees you. So to borrow another phrase, without further ado, we're going to jump right into it. Our first game is actually out in Germany, and I feel bad for everybody who had to choose between Dolphins, Chiefs, and Colts, Patriots, and got the short end of the stick because this week it's Colts, Patriots. The Colts are a a one-and-a-half-point favorite. 43-and-a-half is the total. I'll let you start, Anita. What are your thoughts on this game from Germany? Yeah, you know, I still believe in Mac Jones. I'm probably the only woman standing who actually does. Um, this is a this is a Colts defense, uh, specifically their passing their their pass defense that can be had. So uh, I was expecting Bryce Young last week in Carolina to take advantage of that, and he could not. You know, I feel bad for the guy. He's 5'10 in the morning and 5'8 at night. And so we're seeing it play out in the NFL. He's He can't see over his offensive lineman. Um, so I'm expecting Mac Jones to have a, a better game against, again, a very subpar Colts pass defense. So, you know, I, I like the Patriots getting the points. Also, Bill Belichick, he's been around the, the block a, a few times. Um, so he's going to have these guys ready, knowing exactly what to do, traveling on foreign soil, all the things. So I like the Patriots. Um, I'll play them on the money line at plus 102. Uh, probably my favorite bet here is uh, Demario Douglas now has become the main target for Mac Jones. So I'm looking here for rushing and receiving yards. Um and, and of course, receiving yards for, and, and they're not up yet, unfortunately, uh, for for Douglas. But that's what I would keep an eye on. Um, I think he's going to be peppered with targets, uh, a lot of hoopla around him and about him before the season started. I actually uh, had him on, on a few of my fantasy teams, but wasn't getting the opportunity. And now that Kendrick Bourne is on IR, uh, now the last two games, He's he's really shined. So I'd go over receptions and over receiving yards for uh, for Douglas, especially against that Colts secondary. You ever listen to Anita's Friday night shows that she uh, had me on with a lot last year to talk golf and football? We made a lot of bottle of wine bets against each other. (laughs) I've lost tally of who owes what. But here's another one because I'm all over the Colts in this one. Uh, I think the Patriots stink. 
I don't like anything Mac Jones has been doing, and I don't think a change of scenery in Germany is going to change uh, what those players in the uniforms are. So I'm actually going to go with the Colts in this one. Brian, what do you think? Yeah, I'm not going to take either side here. I really like the under in this one. Overs are 6-3 and three in Colts games this year, just tied with the Bears for the best in the NFL. But I'm anticipating a lot of regression coming in the amount of points scored in these Colts games. Over their last four games, there have been 17 combined turnovers, which obviously leads to a lot of points if they get returned for touchdowns like we saw last week or if they happen in their own territory, then the team has great field position. I just They're a team that just ranks sixth in takeaways right now and seventh in giveaways to Colts. So there's got to be some regression to the mean there. And even those are two pretty turnover-prone quarterbacks, under 43 and a half, there's some juice on the under. It's down to 43 at some shops. That's my favorite bet for this game. So that's the game in Germany, Colts, Patriots, and that'll wrap up the international series in the NFL with games in London and Frankfurt. Uh, we're going to move on to one of the few matchups this week of actually good teams. The mat- This is not the best NFL card in the history of the NFL. We do have a good one in Jacksonville where the Jacksonville Jaguars are hosting the San Francisco 49ers. Niners on the road, both teams off the bye. Niners laying three on the road. 45 and a half is the total. Anita, do you like the home dog here? Or are you laying with the Niners? I do. I like the home dog a lot. Um, and probably what I'll do is I'll, I'll buy that up to three and a half and you can get that at minus 130. So the Jags at home plus three and a half minus 130. Uh, I'm, I'm not a, I just, I still find it really hard to believe that 31 other teams um, passed up on Brock Purdy and many of them more than once uh, in, in seven rounds. So um, I, I'm just, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm just, unless, unless the stars align so perfectly for him, um, they just don't have a, 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 a great game with him. Um, I'm really curious, Debo Samuel, will he be back? Uh, what percentage will he be back? You know, of course, both these teams are coming off of a bye. I really like Jacksonville at home. I think slowly but surely this season we've seen them improve. I'd like to see Calvin. I'm hoping that over, over this 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 buy period, um, they've made some adjustments to really get Calvin Ridley to be a bigger part of this offense. Uh, ATN has been an absolute beast this season. If you have him on your fantasy team, kudos to you. So the Jags, again, I'll, I'll buy the hook up to three and a half, and you can get that at minus 130. And I really like the over here, guys. I like over 45 and a half points. I, I think a lot of points are going to be scored in this game. Quick note as well, anytime touchdown for Christian McCaffrey, it's minus 185. Um, I know it's That's a lot value. of juice. I, I, I know it's a lot of juice, but uh, this is the game where he now can surpass Lenny Moore with the most – games with consecutive touchdowns. This is something that uh, Kyle Shanahan and him have been planning each and every game. They position him, especially when they get into the red zone uh, where they game plan to get him the ball and have him score a touchdown. And again, this is the game, this is the game where he can break the record. So anytime touchdown for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Brian and I have been playing that every single week, no matter the juice. Mm -hmm. I think I've taken it five straight weeks. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm up money for life on this bet. Even if it it loses with minus 180, I've won it five consecutive weeks with minus 180. So uh, I'm up money there. Brian, what do you think of this one? Yeah, I'm kind of heads up with the need on this one, but I don't feel too strongly about it because I'm a little concerned about Trent Williams and how the 49ers offense performed without him. And Jaguars pass rush isn't great but they have some capable passers on the edge with Josh Allen and uh, Trayvon Walker. 
I I just like this kind of as like a buy low spot for the 49ers. I think the narrative has flipped a little too much on Brock Purdy in recent weeks. He went from overrated to now he's underrated because teams are catching his his uh his interceptions he's throwing now. But um he's still been a really good quarterback in these past few weeks. He just had a really bad game against the Browns and almost every quarterback has a bad game against the Browns. It's one of the best defenses in the NFL, even at this point through NFL history. So the three scares me a little bit if they don't have Trent, but Debo should be back. It's not one of my top plays, but if I don't need one side, it'd be the 49ers. I'm just, this Jaguars team's on five-game winning streak. They've looked like one of the best teams in football, but I'm not so sure they're in the same class as the 49ers just yet. I know uh, you and Anita don't have a bottle of wine on that one, but I'll break the tie. Uh, I like the Jags here. I just think the the, the, the the thing is worn off with the Niners, their little shine when they were 5-0, and uh, scoring at least 30 in each game. I'm not saying they're not one of the best teams in football, but I think the shine is worn off on them and Brock Purdy a little bit. Uh, the Jags are one of the hottest teams in football, uh, East Coast, West Coast type thing where it's a 10 a.m. start uh, for the Niners. I know it's off a of bye, so that matters a little bit different, but you saw what happened to Seattle last week going to Baltimore. Uh, they, I'm not saying the same thing's going to happen, but I tend to stay away from those West Coast teams playing 10 a.m. starts on the East Coast. Moving on to a battle that I'm looking for. This game's definitely going to be in my quad box at 1 o'clock. Uh, here is the Saints and the Vikings. Uh, Saints laying two and a half now up to three at FanDuel on the road in Minnesota. Forty and a half is the total. We, you know, you see Minnesota last week and the Josh Dobbs phenomenon coming out of nowhere to not know any of his players' names, not knowing the playbook, and, and leading his team to victory over the Atlanta Falcons. The Saints are not the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, they're much better than the Atlanta Falcons, and I think the Saints have the edge here. And I'm going to lean that way. It's not a strong play. We're going to start with you, Brian. Brian, what do you think of this matchup? Yeah, we're on the same page in this one. I hate to be a party pooper, but we're just like selling high on Josh Dobbs and the Vikings when the hype is at really high coming off a really impressive win where he didn't know most of his teammates' names and had to work on like his, like the snap, like making sure the snap is right at the center and just like barely knowing the plays. But like you said, there's a big difference between this Falcons defense and the Saints defense. And the Saints defense is one of the best in the NFL. I just hate betting on the Saints team because watching Derek Carr just throw checkdowns to Alvin Kamara when you have Chris Olave and all your fantasy teams is uh, really frustrating to say the least. But now it's up to three. I'm a little less inclined, but I loved it at two and a half. I just missed the number, but I'm with you on this one. Ania, are you taking the home dog Vikings and the Josh Dobbs story, or are you, uh, you selling high there and taking the Saints? Yeah, I, don't, I really don't have a lot of conviction with this matchup. You know, um, you know, saw what, what Dobbs was able to do last week, but um, I, I still I, I need to see more on, on how this offense is going to be run. Keep in mind, um, you know, this is a Minnesota Vikings team. They, they can't run the football, so it's all going to be on Dobbs. He didn't necessarily have that situation uh, in, in, in other areas, in, in other teams that he's played on. Um, what I am going to play is Derek Carr over 241 and a half passing yards. Uh, for whatever reason, the last four weeks, uh, Derek Carr has been uh, a man possessed um, throwing the football and uh, and has either gone over 300 passing yards or close to it the last four weeks. So and what we do know about this Minnesota Vikings team is is you can you can pass on them. So uh, so probably if, if I was to make a play in this and knowing me, I probably am uh, will be Derek Carr over 241 and a half passing yards. Hey, we say it a lot on this show. Uh, no play is sometimes a good play. Uh, you don't have to bet every single game. You don't have to bet every prop. Play what you like within your means. Uh, and that's the betting advice 
for the day. We move on to Tennessee versus Tampa. Down in Tampa, two teams that have been struggling of late. Buccaneers are a small one-and-a-half-point home favorite. Total hovering around 38-and-a-half. Brian knows I love giving unders on this show and in the column, and, and this one I'm actually going to go the other way. Uh, I'm going to take the over here, 38-and-a-half. Will Levis has has done very well with that Titans offense, and I don't really like what I see with the Bucks defense that allowed C.J. Stroud to pass all over them. Both defenses are allowing over 20 points per game. Both quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield and Will Levis, are extremely hot. I don't normally take overs, and you'll see me take a whole bunch of unders with the next couple of games, but I'm going to go over 30 and a half here. Brian, what are your thoughts on this game? We're actually in agreement on this one, which is it's really rare not only to see you take an over on a low total, but me as well take an over on a low total, especially this week, and I'm loving a lot of unders. Let me throw you a stat out there about Will Levis. He's, of all quarterbacks this year, Besides Aaron Rodgers, who played four snaps, he's leading the NFL in average depth of target at 10.7, which is great to bet for when you're betting over on low total. It means to be really aggressive throwing the football, either taking shots downfield or risky throws that could turn interceptions and go the other way. But really, this is a fade of just both defenses here. They're two of the worst passing defenses in the NFL, 26 and 27 than EPA per play. And these are also two really competent quarterbacks. They could definitely sling in to put up points. I mean, we both had the under in Thursday night football last week. It was a sweat because Will Levis could really throw the football downfield. He's been pretty impressive as a rookie, not afraid to take those shots, as I just said. And these are two very overrated defenses. And Baker Mayfield's own rise looked really competent this year. And we just saw this Buccaneers defense surrender 470 yards and five touchdowns to CJ Stroud. I mean, Will Levis is not CJ Stroud by any means, but he's capable of having a good day against a bad passing defense. I mean, 38 and a half. If you think this team's good up points, that's a no-brainer over. And eventually there's got to be some regression, these unders, right? Yeah, it was a rare, rare time for me to do that that over, but you're right. Like the last week with Thursday night football, it came down to a play in the end zone and the game would have hit the over. So we survived that one. Tennessee has put up some points, and the Tampa defense has looked nothing but awful the last couple of weeks. So that would be the over play in that one. Now that I've given that over, I feel a lot very, very dirty doing so. We're going to go back to the bread and butter of the unders. Cleveland Browns, Baltimore Ravens, Ravens laying six and a half, 38 and a half. Ravens, one of the best teams in football right now, playing as good as anyone. I took the under last time these two teams played. It was 37 and a half and it didn't disappoint. Ravens winning 28 to three. The two teams are ranked one and two in the NFL in yards allowed, one and three in points allowed. Like I said, Total was 37 and a half and didn't come close last time. The only skeptical thing I have here is the Ravens themselves have scored 31 or more points in each of the last three games. But those defenses they did that against were nowhere near what the Cleveland Browns are going to bring to the table. I expect another low scoring game with two good defense and really a not so good Cleveland offense with Deshaun Watson there. If you are worried about the blowout, maybe take the Browns team total under 16 and a half as another play, but I'm just going under 38 and a half and going right back to my unders. Brian, what do you think? Yeah, I'm really glad we had a heads up play to start the podcast because ever since then, I've pretty much been on every side. I took this under already too, but right now from looking at it, is six and a half too many points for this one? I mean, the different. I, mean, I think that's always getting inflated a little bit because the Ravens had blowout wins over two playoff teams in the last three weeks and the Lions and uh, the Seahawks. But this Browns team has a lot more familiarity with the Ravens than those teams do. And Lamar is, I think he's only lost one game for his career against NFC opponents. And you can kind of say that stat's meaningless, but the sum of the 
some legitimacy to it is that these teams aren't familiar with Lamar. So it's kind of just a unique edge they have over these uh, unfamiliar opponents. But the Browns obviously have that familiarity. But at the same time, these are the two of the best defenses in the NFL. Ravens offense is efficient, but not explosive. Deshaun Watson, he's not any good, but he's still a lot better than they previously had a quarterback, which scares me a little bit. But he should take better care of the football than P.J. Walker did. This one just screams 20 to 17 at most. 17 14 16 10 just one of those really low scoring games i'm not so sh- i'm not sure how low this total would have to be for me not to want to take the under i guess 36 and a half would be my limit but i took it at 38 at under 30 and a half as well there's now juice on the under another low under total for us yeah we talked about it i was on uh vsin on tuesday night with matt humans and wes reynolds and we talked about this game a lot and i gave them my underplay and they asked about the side. I said, I'm not really interested in taking the side, but if I did, I would take the Browns just because that's a lot of points for a low-scoring game. And I think if you're going to take the side that, that the Browns having familiarity there and the Ravens are you know, due to regress to the means a little bit, they've played really, really well, but I don't think anybody saw them as being this good. But I think the safest play to me is, is to take the under. Anita's still having some technical difficulties, so we're going to move on to the next matchup. Houston Texans and Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals now laying six and a half at home versus the Texans total sitting at 47 dropped down a little bit. One one point from the opening of 48. Brian, what do you think of this matchup? Yeah, this is a little scary fading him after having the best performance ever by rookie quarterback, but I'm going to ride the Bengals in this one. I mean, as impressive as Joe Burrow looks coming back from injury and their offense looking like one of the elites in the NFL again, their defense are really impressive as well Two back-to-back games holding the 49ers and the Bills to under 20 points, two of the five best offenses in the NFL. That's really, really impressive. And to C.J. Stroud, this is a good time just to buy, to sell a little high on C.J. Stroud, the much tougher defense on the road versus playing indoors going against a pass defense funnel and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. As long as it stays under seven points, I like Cincinnati in this one. Yeah, this is a tough one. I'm actually going to be on the opposite side of you on this one, just because with all due respect to the Bengals being as hot as they are, uh, I'm not sure that seven, six and a half, seven points is is what they should be giving here. They've looked as good as anybody. Uh, I do like CJ Stroud. It's not my strongest play, but I'm going to pay the 24 cents and get it to seven. We move on to the Green Bay Packers facing the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers laying three uh, total sitting around 38 and a half start with you brian what do you like in this game yeah with a nice short run of liking overs going back to the under for a low total these are just two of the the least inspiring offenses in the nfl right now the packers especially with they have they have by far the youngest offense collectively in the nfl and i just i'm sorry that if i'm giving out too many unders here this seems like a no-brainer one i mean both these teams have gone four games in a row each without their total going over 38 and a half and now they have a matchup against each other. Seems like a no-brainer to me. This line feels a little fishy, though. Like, I would love to fade the Steelers because they're a pretty fraudulent 5-3 and three team. But I even have less confidence in this Packers team, especially coming off a win. You don't have to give any apologies for giving unders. You know I love doing it. And I'm going to take the same under that I've taken each of the five weeks, and that's the Steelers' team total under. Despite the fact that it is hit in four of the last five weeks, they're still putting it at 20.5 or 21.5. I'm going to take it at 21.5 minus 125 and dare the Steelers to score th- more than three touchdowns in any game if they've only done twice all season. So I'm going to be playing Steelers' team under, under 21.5 since it keeps doing well. Uh, We're going to go to our 4 o'clock slate. 
kicking off with the game at 4.05 that absolutely nobody will be watching. The Atlanta Falcons playing the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals are a one and a half point underdog at home. 43 and a half is the total. This is a complete pass for me. I have interest in other games. Uh, Kyler Murray's coming back. James Conner might be back. We have no idea if Arizona can do anything. They haven't shown anything recently. Brian, your thoughts? Well, since neither of you guys gave out a pick, I feel compelled to give one for the people. So for this one, if I had to leave one direction, I would either take the over or fade the Cardinals. I mean, it kind of contradicts each other because my fade of the Cardinals would be that again, a little overvalued Kyler Murray's first game back in nearly a year, but at the same time, their offense is a lot better when they had James Conner. I mean, in the five games that he played, 20 points, 16 points, 28 points, 28 points, and 16 points, which is a lot better than we've seen in recent weeks from them. And even with Kyler being as rusty as he may be, anything is better than Clayton Toon. Dave, I don't know if your son plays quarterback in his flag football week, but he couldn't have been any worse than Clayton Toon was last week even though not really his fall going against that Browns defense with how undermanned this Cardinals offense is. But nobody wants to back the Falcons right now. Everybody hates Arthur Smith. What better time to bet them, in my opinion? Uh, the, the the light bulb went off in my head about halftime of the Arizona game last week with Clayton Toon versus the Browns when I realized I had two, not one, but two offensive players in fantasy on uh, the Arizona Cardinals, so that let me know how my week was going watching that offense go. Hopefully a better game will be seen out in L.A. where the Chargers are hosting the Lions, two of the better teams in the NFL facing off in Los Angeles. Another home dog scenario, what looked like a opening one-and-a-half point spread is now up to three. Brian, the Chargers getting three at home off two really good wins, but keep in mind those wins were against the Bears and the Jets in prime time. Not really against anybody good. I hopped on the Lions at minus one and a half and played a little bit on the money line when it was more closer to 125 than it is at minus 148. What do you like in this game? Yeah, you're a smart man for that because I didn't pull the trigger and I loved it at one and a half. Now at three, it feels right for the Lions to be three-point row favorites against a Chargers team that nobody wants to trust, nobody wants to back, but... They're still a talented team, but at the same time, I agree with you that two wins in a row against Tyson Bajan and Zach Wilson doesn't really scream, oh, the Chargers are back. But the Lions are getting a lot healthier for this one. David Montgomery should be back, as well as two offensive linemen and uh, Jonah Jackson and Frank Ragnall. The Lions also coming off a bye. You have the narrative of Jared Goff on the road, but this is indoors in this team that he's familiar with back in this time with the Rams. It's hard for me to want to trust the Chargers here as underdogs. If they struggled against the Chiefs and Cowboys during that two-game losing streak. The quarterbacks that they beat this year, Kirk Cousins, good. Jimmy, uh, no, not even Jimmy Garoppolo. Aiden O'Connell, bad. Tyson Bajan, bad. And Zach Wilson, bad. Jared Goff has been pretty good this year. Three, But the three-point spread, though, that seems pretty fair to me. I think I'm going to pass it this time. So now we've talked about Detroit and Los Angeles. We're going to go to Giants and Cowboys. Uh, this is a spread that you have to look at a couple of times and blink and make sure you're not reading it wrong. Uh, opened at 16 and a half. It is now 17 and a half. Largest point spread we've seen this season. Total at 38 and a half. Ticked up to 39 and a half. The 17 and a half is frightening to look at until you remember the Cowboys won this 40 to nothing in New York in week one. Uh, things have not gotten any better for the Giants, believe it or not, since losing 40 to nothing in week one. Um, I, I don't lay double digits in the NFL often, uh, but Brian, you couldn't give me your money to bet the Giants at any price. 
Um, I, I like unders, as you know, and I looked at the team total and it was 10 and a half. And I'm not sure I can stomach going under 10 and a half. All it takes is a Dak Prescott interception for that number to hit. So uh, this is a pass for me in every way, shape or form. Maybe I'll find a couple of props I like when the props are released. Are you laying 17 and a half, taking 17 and a half or pretending this game's not on television? Cowboys money line, minus 2,200. No, I'm kidding. It is kind of interesting, <laughs> though, how the money line at FanDuel is minus 2,200, and that DraftKings, it's minus 1,200. So if you're throwing this in a, as a last thing of a parlay, which we never recommend, do it on DraftKings. But for this game, you mentioned the Cowboys did beat them 40 to nothing in week one. That was a much healthier Giants team. And if there's any team that's capable of these blowouts against bad teams, besides your Dolphins, it's the Cowboys. 20-point winning against the Giants. 20-point win against the Jets. Cardinals doesn't fit the narrative here. Uh, 35-point win over the Patriots. 23-point win over the Rams. So the 17.5 number makes a lot of sense. Tommy DeVito is might actually be a quarterback worse than Clayton Toon, or they're pretty much equal, which is an indictment of both of them. The spread actually did open at 15.5, and, and now it's up to 17.5, which is, as you said, the highest spread of the season. 10.5 is almost too low of a team total under for me to take. But that's my only play I would have in this one, but there's no player props at the moment. Maybe I'll do some unders on Dak Prescott, thinking that this game's be wrapped up by the second half. Yeah, that's the first thing I looked at when I saw the lines, and you had me do the article Tuesday. The first thing I looked at was the team total, and I saw 10.5, and, and I laughed. Uh, I still might take it. I don't know if I'll take it solo. I might take it with a uh, team total parlay, maybe parlay it with the Steelers and one other, uh, like one of the Sunday night game we're going to talk about in a few minutes. Um, it's a tough one, and, and, and listen – I don't love taking laying double digits because you'll see backdoor touchdowns all the time and spreads that are 11, 12, and 13. 17 and a half is a lot of points, but you absolutely could see the you absolutely could see the Cowboys winning 40 to nothing again. Uh, the Giants with Tony DeVito, Tommy DeVito, uh, Saquon's not the same Saquon we've seen. The receivers are beat up, lost another offensive lineman. Um, that's gonna be a, a tough one to stomach. So we're going to go up to the Pacific Northwest where you have the Seattle Seahawks laying six and a half versus the Washington Commanders total at 45 and a half. Uh, we're going to kick it to you, Brian. Anita's had some internet issues and will not be joining us the rest of the program. So let's finish up with you and me. Uh, what do you like in this Washington Seattle game? Yeah, I went into this one wanting to back the Seahawks because they're going to get a little undervalued because they got destroyed in Baltimore and the commanders might get a little overvalued because they had to win over the Patriots last week, which you could argue was basically a coin for the game. But look at the injury board of the Seahawks yesterday. Did not practice. Jackson Smith, Najibba, Kenneth Walker, Jamal Adams, Jordan Brooks, Jaron Reed. Limited in practice. Tyler Lockett. That's a pretty lengthy injury report. Some really significant players for the Seahawks. If those guys are good to go, though, and it stays under a touchdown... I'll lay the points to Seattle. It's still not buying this commander's team. If there's any get-right spot that an offense would need after having back-to-back weeks on the road against Cleveland and Baltimore, it's a home game against this commander's uh, defensive secondary. And I don't even need to know what your – I mean, the player props aren't up right now, but I know you could be taking over for DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett in this one. Absolutely. I might take them both, actually. Every single yeah. week I say on this show and in the column – Whoever wide receiver one is for, for the team facing the commanders, it's an automatic over. Uh, the books haven't put them high enough. I even took A.J. Brown. He was 92 and a half, and he had 92 at halftime. So yeah. wide receiver one, um, I'll probably go to whoever's healthier, Lockett and Metcalf. Uh, I might take them both. 
but that's my only play. He's DK right I'm, now. He's healthier right now. I'll probably take DK. Waiting for those posts to post. I know it's early with the with the West Coast game. Those posts a little later. So we have one game left. Sunday night football. Uh, we already talked about how this slate is not the most impressive slate when it comes to games, but you could always bet on any single game and make it more interesting. Uh, the New York Jets, because we don't get the Jets in prime time nearly enough. Nope. Uh, one point favorite on the road. 36 and a half is the total versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Back-to-back games for the Raiders versus the New York teams. That's got to be just a blessing for the new coach going there and face the Jets and Giants for the first two games of his NFL coaching career. You know exactly where I'm going with this one. It's not going to shock anybody. I've already bet it under 37. No reason not to. Raiders broke 21 for the first time all season last week, but it was against the Giants. The Jets, well, you saw how bad their offense was uh, on Monday night. They've been bad all season since Aaron Rodgers went down. Uh, When you look bad against the Chargers defense, you know you're bad. Another primetime under coming up, Brian, under 37 and a half. What do you like? Did you know that last week, was the first time the Raiders went over their team total for the season. Yep. They broke 21 for the first time all season long. That's what happens when you replace a quote-unquote offensive mind with a former uh, linebacker. The offense is uh, rejuvenated, to say the least. Yeah. But um, I'm going to have a kind of ugly play for this one. I'm going to take the Jets. And here's why. The narratives between these two teams. Raiders. Oh, they're back. They got a talented team. It's Antonio Pierce. They're all so motivated to play for him after they fired Josh McDaniels. So they all hated. We talked last week about backing interim head coaches in their first game when they've taken over a team that not only fired their coach, but the team hated their coach. I want to know how long that honeymoon phase lasts because usually those are pretty bad teams and they, and they fall back to earth, I imagine, at least in a week or two. We saw that last year, the Colts and Jeff Saturday. I'm pretty sure... They didn't win. I could be wrong on this one, but I'm pretty sure they didn't win another game for the rest of the season. So kind of some overlap there too, but at the same time, they didn't hate Frank Reich like they hate Josh McDaniels for the Raiders. And then for the Jets, this defense against Aiden O'Connell, I just think it's just such a good matchup for them. And they've done such a good job against his elite quarterbacks this year. And then it gets a late, mid late round pick rookie. I don't even want to know what they're going to do to that man. And look, the Giants are a good defense themselves. I mean, Dexter Lawrence has been one of the best defensive players in football this year, but this Jets defense is another beast. I'll almost put them third in the NFL after the Browns and the Ravens. And it's a great sell high spot and buy low for me, in my opinion here. I mean, everybody watched that Monday night game uh, this past week against the Chargers, and nobody wants to back Zach Wilson except a sicko like myself. So just so we're clear, Brian, the poster child is forget what you saw last week. Uh, is taking that Jets team you saw on Monday night football on the road, cross country, and laying a point. Yes, yeah. he's doing it. And another thing I want to throw in there on the under, last week, uh, punt returned for a touchdown for the Chargers right off the bat. Yeah. Then they scored again, 14-point first quarter, and it still went under the total versus the Jets. You're right about I the Jets. A, I had the game under that one, and I bet the live under. The game under was a sweat when the Jets had that final possession. It could have pushed, but it's the Jets. Yeah, I could see it. Uh, putting you on the spot, what's your favorite play of the week? My favorite play of the week, hmm. I would like, I would almost lean the under for the Germany game, but yeah, I'll say the under for the Germany game. I just think that there's a ton of regression coming, the amount of points scored in these Colts games. I mean, I had the under in their game last week against the Panthers, and it hit despite two defensive touchdowns. And if you're if you're at the top of the league in both giveaways and takeaways, 
there's got to be some regression coming at least one of those categories soon. And you're going against a Patriots offense that put up, what, only 17 points against the Commanders last week. I mean, there's any just lifeless offense. It's one with Mac Jones and absolutely no receivers to throw to. Yep, they scored 17 points against Commanders. Give me the under in the Germany game as my favorite bet. I was torn between the under in the Ravens game and the under in the Sunday night game we just discussed with Jets and Raiders. Those are my two favorite plays. I'm going to go with the Jets and Raiders one because the Ravens could, in fact, themselves get the overall by themselves. I don't think they will because the Browns' defense is good, but there's a better chance that the Ravens bust that game over than either one of the Raiders and Jets. You just talked about how good the Jets' defense is. Uh, the Raiders literally have a one-game streak when it comes to breaking 21 points. And if the Raiders don't break 21 points, the Jets aren't breaking 21 points. And you're talking about 37. So I'm going to have my favorite play be the Sunday night game. Give me another reason to watch it, having my favorite play of the week on it. So that's going to do it. Uh, Anita Marks joined us for the first half of the program. ESPN Bets, Anita Marks. Make sure you tune in to her when she's on ESPN Bet Live that resumes tomorrow. Um, for Brian Lewis, who is our director of betting and has tons of content, Brian's work and my work can be seen on pfnbetting.com or follow us on at pfnbetting or pfn365. Uh, for Brian and myself, thanks for listening. We'll be back Monday with some picks on the Broncos and Bills game live from Orchard Park in Buffalo.